Welcome to the Thriving Practitioner Podcast. My name is Jamie Preston. I'm your host. And we're here with our social workers from SC House Calls. Brad Martin, how you doing, Brad? I'm doing great, man. Um, you know, continuing to try and take care of myself and others and uh, coast through the week, man. That's awesome. Sarah, how are you doing? I am doing well. I've really enjoyed the the weather and the sunshine yeah. and just the beautiful spring that is South Carolina. Yeah, well, I'm in Ohio right now, and it is not mm. spring. Um, <laughs> it's still winter. It's, um, yeah, actually, it did get up to 63 today. I will, I, but I haven't experienced it. I'm inside. Um, it was in the 50s all day, which is cold for people in South Carolina. So, yeah. Um, but I'll be back Saturday. It's supposed to be 80 degrees Saturday. So, Perfect. looking forward to that. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, guys, today's topic. Um, I'm excited about this because I think so many people need to hear this. So many people deal with this every single day. Honestly, I think it's an epidemic in our country um, alongside things like diabetes and and all the different health concerns that are out there. Um, And I've personally experienced what we're going to talk about today. It's been a a big part of my life um, dealing with it, and that's anxiety. I remember the first time that I, I had a name for it. Um, my family all they they talk they called it being nervous. That's what they said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Said oh, I'm just nervous right now, you know. And so my grandma, my my mom, my dad, my sister, and I was actually I used to work at a church and I was the um, media director and and I was filming a promotional video for an anxiety support group of ladies that, that met every week and supported each other through, through, you know, some of them crippling anxiety and it was just a really good group. And we just had them talk about what they dealt with and how this group has really made a difference in their lives. And they started naming these things and saying, well, I have an issue with this and I struggle with this. And I'm like, well, I struggle with that. And I'm just, this is going through my head the whole time they're talking. I'm like, I deal with that. I, man, I think that way. And I realized, and this is the first time, and I was at this point, I think I was about 33, 35 years old. And I, for the first time, I put a name to it, and it was anxiety. And then, come to find out, my entire family are all on anxiety medications. They've all dealt with this, but not one person talked about it. Because they, they were, for whatever reason, they were ashamed of it or whatever. But... We have so many people that deal with this. And for some people, it can be completely crippling. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, some, it can be a, just a moderate irritation or something you can cope with. Um, for others, it's worse. Some, you know, work great with medication. Some don't, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is an issue. So, Brad, why don't you start us off? I know you're excited about this topic. So, very excited. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with everything that you said, Jamie. I, I think whether it's on a clinical level of anxiety or just a, uh, you know, life circumstance level of anxiety, everyone has struggled with this. And with COVID, reports of this are through the roof. Yeah. Um, you know, anxiety can be such a challenge to manage and such a challenge um, to work through. And there's there's obviously a variety of different um, professional levels um of support you can seek, whether it's medication-based um, through psychiatric care um, or therapy-based, which is 
kind of what I do. Um, and a, a big thing that I really like for therapy, I'm, I'm a super dork for those of you who haven't been in my office. Um, I have a giant bookshelf, and books frequently come in and go out and come back, and they're all over the place. Um, and I have these like little nuggets of information in my brain that are all over these books, um, and then I have a hard time finding one when I need one. Um, but I'm fairly certain um, acceptance and commitment therapy, which is something I really love to use with folks that are struggling both with anxiety and depression. It's one of my go-to things. Um, I'm fairly certain the guy that came up with it came up with it out of his own panic mm. um, disorder. Wow. I'm, I'm like 85% certain that like he's – I know he's a psych – I think he might be an MD, um, but he's definitely – um, no, he's a PhD and, um, he dealt, you know, he had to speak in front of people. He had to deal with all of that and he was panicking all of the time. Um, and so he came up with this system. It's, it's been studied, um, in just numerous different studies for over 30 years. Um, I wish there was a date on this. I'm looking at the foreword in one of the books that I have, and he said it's been studied over 30 years, but this book was not written today. Um, so just a tremendous amount of information in it. Um, and I want to jump into some of those concepts with acceptance and commitment therapy, but I also want to give Sarah an opportunity to talk about, um, some of her clinical experiences, anxiety, and some of her thoughts on anxiety before I just take over the whole thing and run with it. Uh, <laughs> sure. I'll do that. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I can personally also identify with anxiety, um, growing up, you know, it was just sort of you know, like Jamie said, the nerves, you're nervous, you're worried, you know, and, and prior to coming into sort of the clinical part of social work, um, you know, those um, worry sometimes is, is our body's natural sort of like there's danger here. So some of it isn't, you know, all bad, but I remember um, Hurricane Katrina had just hit, so what was that, 2005, Um I was a sophomore in college. My brother was stationed overseas in Iraq. Um, again, Hurricane Katrina. I was on my way to school for some classes and saw the lines outside of the gas stations, you know, because it was that big, you know, get gas and fill up and just sort of this hysterics of the the um, the hurricane. And again, my brother being overseas and like I lost it, like had to pull over on the side of the road, called my mom who is at work. She worked at the hospital. She said, come up here. I want to lay eyes on you. Like just, you know, lost it. And then, um, you know, ended up seeing a primary care doctor and a therapist. And that's really when they labeled it, you know, you've got some generalized anxiety, you know, some worry, and this is your body's sort of physical response to that. Um, and so I, I think it was just the culmination of a lot of different sort of life events and happenings. And so that's, you know, I've, I've carried that diagnosis and um, with me and, and just most recently, you know, working with those who, who struggle with it as well. Um, Brad and I took the day off to go to this beautiful CEU event. I had not a care in the world and I ended up having to leave at lunch because mm. I just, you know, I don't know if it was the new surroundings or all the commotion in the hotel where it was held or just, you know, some days, you know, you feel great and you can get it under control. And then other days, you know, you either have to 
remove yourself from an environment or go to some of the coping skills. And, you know, I remember getting in my car and going home and and getting into a comfortable place and doing some of the things that we tell our patients to do, you know, do some mindfulness, do some body scans, you know, do some of the five senses stuff. You know, what can I see right now? What can I hear? How do things feel to me? Um, And so I I do think um, having kind of a first first person experience of the worry and the anxiety does make me a better practitioner. You know, a lot of our patients will say, you know, well, you're, you're this or you're that, or you have it together, or how do you do the work that you do? And with a lot of my patients, I'm very honest and say, listen, I, you know, I struggle too. Life is hard. And, um, there's a beautiful metaphor. Um, Brad shared it with me. It may be in the act curriculum, but it talks about being on two separate mountains, and how you're on your mountain and I'm on my mountain, but I can see your mountain. I can see what's below you and I can see what's above you. So I can help you navigate your mountain and just how beautiful that is that I may be a little higher on my mountain than you, but I can also see what's coming and I can help you navigate your journey up your mountain and and just how beautiful that is. And I think it just makes us better practitioners and better humans and better people for the healthcare world to, to, you know, have some of this firsthand knowledge. You know, I don't wish any sort of, mental illness or any of these symptoms on anyone, but I think it just keeps us all as, as kind of humans. And again, it gives me an opportunity to, to do some of the things that I spend a lot of time telling my patients to do. And yeah. anxiety is one of those things that you're not really sure why it's there sometimes or where it came from or, or why it's, it's rearing its ugly head. But, um, you know, it's definitely something that thankfully I've learned to, um, you know, to, to be able to function and um so yeah it's um but yeah it wasn't ever called that to me until I kind of had this big like you know sort of you know break down a little bit it was always sort of you know worried or nervous or you know it it was never called what it was Mm -hmm. for me and I think that's where some of the stigma comes from yeah there's some something powerful about having a word for something and when you can name it and say it uh-huh. There's something powerful about that. And and Sarah, yeah. I have no doubt, you know, being a, uh, what your anxiety that you've dealt with and you face and you deal with now makes you a better social work practitioner. So there's no doubt about it. You're right. There's power in, you know, a lot of, I spend a lot of time with my patients sometimes just identifying, you know, and saying like, you know, don't call it your nerves. This is anxiety. This is depression. This is PTSD. You know, let's, because when you really call it what it is, then you can identify it and Mm -hmm. better treat it and better help control the symptoms when you call, you know, call what we're experiencing, what it is. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Brad, lead us through this. I love it. Let's talk. Yeah. Um, let's introduce this. So acceptance and commitment therapy is something that I am extremely passionate about. Um, and I, I love the whole concept of it. So I want to introduce a book cause you knew I was going to do that. Um, called the happiness trap. So it's like the consumer friendly version of the book. If you don't want a lot of statistics and a lot of useless information that super dorks like me, like, um, it's really, really cool, and it walks you through some of the stuff in here. But I wanted to just play with some of those things together today, and I wanted to give a little bit of an introduction before we walk through a little experiential exercise to kind of get an idea of what this looks like. Sure. Um, so acceptance and commitment therapy, um, the, the super simple acronym ACT 
is accept your thoughts and feelings and be present, choose a value direction, and take action. So this is one of the things that I really love about this modality of treatment is that it doesn't focus so much on the symptoms that we experience as what do those symptoms prevent us from doing that we would like to do? What do we value and what's important to us that this anxiety prevents us from engaging in, that this depression prevents us from engaging in? And how can we manage through those uncomfortable emotions um, to do the things that we want to do? And that's like kind of the whole thing. So there are these six different concepts, um, diffusion, which has to do with your thoughts, expanding to make room for uncomfortable or unpleasant emotions, connection, um, connecting with the present moment. Um, they also call that be here now. I'm a big Ram Dass fan, if anyone out there listening is too, so that gets me all excited. Um, this concept of the observing self. So there's this part within us that can observe everything that's going on that isn't our thoughts, that isn't our feelings, that is not our five senses. It's this other part of us that act calls the observing self. Um, our values, so clarifying what's important to us and what we value, and then taking committed action. So there's a little experiential exercise. I usually do pretty early on um, in sessions with the patients that I work with that I kind of wanted to walk us through now. Um, and just like I do in my sessions, um, I want to ask permission. Is everybody on board with this? Do they want to do something like this? Does this sound cool? Sure. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. I mean, what if I say no? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, well, I, to be honest with you, <laughs> I've, I've had that in sessions. I, I know you're you're uh, giving me a hard time, but, you know, and that's when we would talk about, um, you know, what, what are we going to do then? How yeah. can we address this? Sure. Um, so, I, I mean, I know you're joking, but a very relevant thing that you bring yeah. up. Um, so let's do this. We're all on board. So I want to make sure, is everybody kind of in a comfy-ish seated position at least? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and I can't see anyone. So if for some reason things get uncomfortable or you start having discomfort, of course you can let me know and we can stop this exercise at any point in time. Um but I, I would be highly surprised if that happened. Um, but that is a warning I usually give in a lot of my sessions because I can't see folks. So if you're clearly having a bad time, I'm going to check in on you if I can see you. Um, so cool. Let's have a blast with this. This is going to be really cool. We're going to sit through this together. It's probably going to take 15, 20 minutes. And then I really want to unpack what you guys' experience was like. Um, so I want to invite you guys now to kind of sit up straight. Let your shoulders drop and just gently feel your feet like on the floor, kind of push them into the ground beneath you a little bit. And you can either fix your eyes on a spot or close them, whichever is more comfortable for you. And I want you to just take a moment and take note of some things that I ask you to notice. And we're going to do all of this within our mind. We don't need to comment on it. Um, but I'm just going to ask you to notice a few things to begin with. So first, I want you to notice just how you are sitting. And then I want you to take a notice of how you're breathing. I want you to notice what you can see. And I want you to notice what you can hear. 
want you to notice what you can feel against your skin. And notice what you can taste or sense in your mouth. I want you to notice what you can smell or sense in your nostrils. Notice what you are feeling. Notice what you are thinking. And notice what you are doing. So there's a part of you in there that can notice everything that you see, hear, touch, taste, smell, think, and feel. We don't really have a good word for this part of you in everyday language. I like to call it the observing self, but you don't have to call it that. You can call it whatever you'd like. And life is kind of like a stage show. And on that stage are all your thoughts and all your feelings and everything that you can see, hear, touch, taste, and smell. And the observing self is that part of you that can step back and watch the stage go and focus in on any part of it or step back and take it all in at once. So now I want you both to take a moment and reflect on why you came here today. There's something that matters to you, something important deep in your heart that motivated you to be a part of our podcast today. It may be about improving your life. It may be about personal growth, maybe about learning new skills, building better relationships. Maybe it's about improving things at work or with your family or friends. Maybe it's just about your health, just nurturing your body or enhancing your well-being. I want everyone listening to just do a search deep inside your heart to clarify what values led you here today. And now take a moment to reflect on how you got here today. You didn't get here by magic. You're only here because of committed action. You had to set aside time in your schedule. You had to invest time and effort and energy to be here. And maybe getting here today brought up some uncomfortable thoughts and feelings for you. And yet, here you are. And recognize that right now, in this moment, you are taking action. You are sitting in a chair doing an exercise that might seem a little strange or unusual. And you probably have all sorts of thoughts whizzing through your head and all sorts of feelings passing through your body. And there are all sorts of things you could be doing right now that might be more fun. You could already flipped out for the end of the day. And yet, you're here taking action to improve and enrich your life. So for the next few breaths, 
I'd like you to focus on emptying out your lungs. Push all the air out of them until there's no more left, and then allow them to gently fill all by themselves. Really notice the breath. Notice it flowing in and out. Observe it as if you're a curious scientist who has never encountered breathing before. Notice how once the lungs are empty, they automatically refill all by themselves. You can take a deep breath in if you want to. But notice how there's really no need to. The breath just happens by itself. And I invite you now to undertake a challenge for the next couple of minutes. I'd like you to keep your attention on your breath just observing your breathing as it flows in and out. You might find this difficult because our minds can be masterful storytellers. They tell you all sorts of interesting stories to grab your attention and pull you away from what you're doing might give you a list of things you haven't accomplished or things you need to do or things you forgot to do. See if you can let all those thoughts just come and go just as if they are merely passing cars. Just cars driving past outside your house and keep your attention on the breath. Notice your breath flowing in and out. Notice your abdomen rising and falling. Notice the rise and fall of your chest. See if you can let your mind chatter away, just as if it's just a radio playing in the background. We can't turn off the radio. Just let it play on in the background and see if you can keep your attention on the breath. From time to time, your mind will succeed in distracting you. It'll hook you in with a good story. And you'll lose track of your breathing. This is normal. It'll happen repeatedly. Just when you realize it's happened, take a moment to note what hooked you. And then just gently refocus on your breathing. Again and again, you'll drift off into your thoughts. 
this is normal and it happens to everyone. Just when you realize it, just very gently acknowledge it and refocus on your breath. As this exercise continues, the feelings and sensations in your body will change. There may be pleasant feelings showing up, relaxation, calm, peacefulness, and there may be unpleasant ones, boredom, frustration, anxiety, backache. See if you can allow those feelings to be just as they are in the moment. Don't try to control your feelings. Just let them be as they are, regardless of whether they are pleasant or unpleasant, and keep your attention on your breathing. Again and again, you'll drift off into your thoughts. Just when you realize it, acknowledge it, and refocus on the breath. This is not a relaxation technique. You are not trying to relax. Although it's very rare, I don't have people tell me that they aren't relaxed. The aim is to let your feelings be as they are, to feel whatever you feel without a struggle. So if you're noticing a difficult feeling, just silently say to yourself, here's a feeling of frustration. Here's a feeling of anxiety, feeling of boredom or anger. Just acknowledge that it's there and keep your attention on the breath. And life is like a stage show. And on that stage are all your thoughts and all your feelings and everything that you can see, hear, touch, taste, and smell. And in this exercise, we dim the lights um, on the stage and focus the spotlight on just your breathing. And now it's time to bring up the rest of the light. So notice that this breathing breathing is happening inside a body. So bring up the lights on your body. Sit up in the chair. Notice your arms and legs, head, neck, chest, and abdomen. And your body is inside of a room. So let's bring up the lights on the room. Look around. Notice what you can see and hear and smell and taste and touch. And notice what you're feeling. And notice what you're thinking. And there's that part of you in there, that observing self, that can notice everything. Whatever you see, hear, touch, taste, smell, think, feel, or do in any moment. And that basically brings us to the end of our exercise. 
So I want y'all to take a couple minutes, take some deep breaths, and anyone listening to do the same. And then kind of bring yourself back gently. And I want to talk about, for the, for the two of you on our show, what that experience was like for you. I'll let you go first, Sarah. Yeah, um... So when I was like orienting to this position and, and shadowing Brad, I got to hear him do this several times a day with several patients and I would find myself kind of doing it along with him and, and going through some of the the guided stuff he was, you know, telling patients to do and it's um you know, and it's it's interesting towards the end where it talks about, you know, you may be feeling this and it's right because I'm I catch myself thinking like, all right, so tomorrow I'm going to work and I've got patients from nine to four and tonight for dinner, you know, and it's really, it's hard to kind of keep a a mindful state and really just Mm -hmm. be and to let some of that stuff just pass. I love acts. Um, You know, they, they talk about, you know, cars passing on the highway or clouds floating by in the sky or leaves on a stream, you know, that you're not, you're not, telling these feelings and thoughts to go away you're just letting them be and letting them pass and making room for other things and um and I think it's just a beautiful moment to just take a minute and I love how it goes through all the five senses about you know what can you see what can you feel you know if you're tasting anything that you know what do you smell how does it feel notice your breath you know that um because I got kind of ambitious and it's like oh I can meditate for 30 minutes um, it's really hard to sit and, and think of nothing <laughs> for yeah. that long. So I think some of the guided, some of the, um, you know, the stuff like something like Brad just did that kind of guides you through and gives you some thoughts to, to think and some prompts is really good to kind of help you get started because mm-hmm. just sitting and being is is really hard. Um, but when I would sit with him and, and do this several times a day alongside some of the patients he was seeing, you know, at the end of the day, like I did, it, it felt good. And it felt, you know, again, it's, it's not, we're saying this feeling's bad, go away. It's saying, I see you, I acknowledge you. I see you passing by. I see you floating by. Um, but you know, I've made room for you. Um, and it, it's not so much that, you know, this is good. Keep it. This is bad. Go away. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, I think for me, I, I think this really comes back. It's got to be a practice. Yes. You know, you have to practice this on to, to get good at anything or, or, you know, do anything well. You don't start without being bad at it. You've got to right. be, you've got to, and my ADD brain is just yeah. all over the place, but <laughs> mm-hmm. you, if you make it a practice, you know, you, you know, you, you get a little better every time, you know, you, and I think if you make this a practice that you could center yourself, you know, maybe a couple times a day, man, I think it would, it would really make the day better. You know, mm-hmm. I think it would really affect anxiety that I deal with. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's a phenomenal practice but you have to practice it. You just can't do it once uh-huh. and, right. and, and be okay with being bad at it at first. That's why I think you right. got to have the guided, you know, yes. and I think it's, uh. I think it's just such a good practice to have. And yeah, I, I completely agree 
Um, it, it does have to be a practice. That's, that's something that we, I bump into a lot with folks that I work with is like, they, they think we're going to find some secret technique to cope with anxiety that is, that is magical and, and, and all resolving. And it's, it's not, I mean, that's, that's certainly not what this is. And, and, um, but again, like you said, with a practice in building that effort, um, it, it, I just find myself reflecting on, um, probably what I would say is the healthiest time in my life. I was meditating very regularly. I had not even been introduced to acceptance and commitment therapy, but mm -hmm. just finding that time to kind of center yourself. Um, and one of the meditations I ended up doing talked about, um, oh, it was so cool. It was like processing your emotions, like in your heart center to find their big word was equanimity, which I still don't really know what the heck that means. Um, it's just, <laughs> like a fancy word for balanced, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it was like the, the meditation would call for you to find an event from your day that really pulled you in an emotional direction and to, and to think about it right. and to hold it in your head and to slowly replay that event, working further and further toward like this kind of neutrality and calmness. And what I found was that as I practiced doing that, I would have these emotionally uh, like stirring events come up. And as I had practiced that, all of a sudden I didn't find myself pulled as far off center. Hmm. Now, would it still impact me? Of course it would. Sure. Um, you, you know, is there any place where we're not going to experience an emotion in an emotional setting? Of course not. Um, but I was able to better regulate and to make decisions in those situations better as opposed to for, for me it's it's getting really fired up and starting to scream about things uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I found it very calming in that way which i think is what really drew me to this this model because i i think it pulls off some of the same mm -hmm. um stuff that i with already yeah that's great yeah i know i'm relaxed much more relaxed mm -hmm. you know it gets rid of that tension that we feel yeah. um i can be tense sometimes um I'm good at hiding it. I hide it through humor. I hide it through, you yeah. know, joking and some of those things. But yeah, you can um yeah, it's I just think it's a practice that we should all, you know, employ in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just do um you know, you talked about tension. I'll just do like a quick body scan. Yeah. And I usually notice like my teeth are clenched or my fists are bald, you know, yeah. just doing a quick rundown of like my face, you know, ease my face muscles, you know, stop clenching my teeth, you know, lower my shoulders, unclench my hand, you know, just to do a real quick like head to toe body scan and just cuz you're right, you have this physical reaction, you know, you're you're mm -hmm. frowning, you're you know, your shoulders are up, your teeth are clenched, you know, and, and just a, just a 30 second to a minute, just a quick, you know, head, shoulders, knees, and toes, you know, just yeah. a quick, you know, just body scan of like, let me just literally take a breath, relax my shoulders, unclench my fists, you know, put my feet flat on the floor, you know, just something real, real quick. If you don't have, you know, 10, 20, 15 minutes to devote to something sure. like this, you know, just a quick body scan of just, you know, how does my body feel and where can I kind of relax mm -hmm. a little bit? Cause I am a, I am a teeth clincher. Mm, yeah, me too. I do that. <laughs> uh -huh. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. I wonder what came up for you guys in the values, um, part. I always ask folks this. I think for me, just, you know, learning to value centering yourself, 
Right. Um, and, and doing that throughout the day, you know, taking these breaks. Because um, yeah. the problems keep coming, whether we like it or not. Sure. Yeah. But we're more, you know, inept to deal with them. If if we've centered ourselves, we can we can really kind of face face those things much easier. And, and like you said, Brad, you're not going to have as much of a reaction to it. You can stop, think think through, you know, be a little more calm. Yeah, and I think, and I always envy those people that are just so calm with stuff. You know, they they don't raise yeah. their voice, they don't get excited. I always envy those people. But I think if we practice it, as Alan Iver, Iverson would say, practice. You know, uh, I think yeah. we we would uh, if we practiced it. I think we could all do it. Yeah, for me, it was kind of the. Um... You know, being dependable, being consistent, being, you know, somebody, you know, that can be counted on. I, you know, my friends that really know me know that, you know, hey, I've got to sit this one out. I'm not feeling well. But, you know, having to tell people like, you know, explaining to them, you know, if it's something new that maybe I'm not really crazy about doing, you know, that I really want to, to lessen my anxiety around certain situations so that I can, you know, go and do and meet people and try new things and, you know, um, so not, you know, the value of, of being dependable and being committed to something and, um, you know, not kind of backing out last minute due to anxiety or due to, you know, the unknown or feeling unsure or, you know, what's mm-hmm. the crowd going to be like? Is it going to be busy? You know, who's going to be there kind of stuff? You know, I want, you know, if I say I'm going to do something, you know, I want people to know, again, my very close friends know that, you know, you know, not feeling it today, you know, they know what that means, but having to you know, tell somebody like, I don't feel well. People are like, Oh, we'll feel better. And you're like, well, it's not really physical yeah. sickness, right. but just kind of being able to, to push some of that aside, you know, cause again, not to miss out on something and, and not to feel like it dictates what I'm able to do. Sure. Absolutely. Brad, thanks for leading us through that. That was great. Yeah. Th- thank you for allowing me the space to do that. I, um, it's, it's something I've really enjoyed sharing with a number of folks and, and try to practice myself from uh, from time to time. Yeah, that's great. Well, guys, um, yeah, I think it's just a great tool to deal with our anxiety. And if you have anxiety, you're dealing with that. I think it's just another you know thing that you can put in your tool belt to to really you know face it and and deal with it. And I think it's something we can all utilize. And I, I'm, I, I know there's a ton of apps out there. There's a different um, yes. podcast that you can listen to that have these, you know, meditations, call it whatever you want, meditations, prayers, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, but there's, yeah, the, the tools are all there. We just, we just have to employ them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Guys, thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks for listening. And if you could leave us a five-star review, we would really appreciate it. Visit our podcast website at thethrivingpractitionerpodcast.com. If you would like to submit a question or potential topics for the podcast, send us an email at jmpreston at ltchs.com. You can also subscribe to one of our other podcasts in our podcast network, The Disrupted Podcast with Scott Middleton, Experiencing Healthcare with Matt Staub, and the LTC University Podcast. Have a great week.